Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights. Alongside me, we got Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nightly. Or no, Nighty Night. God damn it. Nightly ain't here. <laughs> David is not here. I, I completely screwed the pooch on that one, but that's okay. We are a group of nights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the dark symbol over you. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they would. Okay. By pledging on Patreon, you've access to this show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And my voice did crack there a little bit. Fuck y'all. But (laughs) keeping things going with our Black History of Horror Month Part 2, also known as Back in Black. This Mm. has been an incredible month. Like, absolutely incredible. I've been having so much fun with us talking about all the films that we've discussed thus far. Just the fact that, like, uh, we had a chance to talk about The People Under the Stairs, which is fantastic. Death by Temptation, which is a film that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about. But uh, we we discussed it, and I feel really happy about our discussion about it because most of these films that I've been choosing this time around, I've, I've been going with... um Kind of a flip-flop method as of lately, where the first film that we had was a complete 100% all-black cast. From, like, director to the whole cast in general, so on and so forth. So, uh, and then I switched it up a little bit. We had Wes Craven, who directed it, but then we had uh, someone who was uh, uh, our main protagonist was black. And now we have this film, which the film we're going to be discussing tonight, everyone is Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Which is a film that we, technically, we have Geraldine, but Geraldine is not our main character until later in this movie. But first and foremost, thoughts. Man, like what you said, uh, this month has been a full-on ride, and and it's been a month where I've been watching a lot of movies for the first time, which is great. I love expanding my knowledge in the horror community and the movies and you pick some bangers dude uh yeah no every single one of these movies has like some type of lasting impact on me uh wow that's really good to hear yeah and i have to say like a movie like this i obviously don't prepare too much beforehand because i want to go in as blind as possible to have like no expectations and man uh the people under the stairs was a ride this one is also (laughs) a fucking ride because this movie is crazy it's bonkers it's off the wall there's a lot of chaos in it it's very self-aware of itself it's very meta um it's a movie not to be taken too seriously which obviously even the movie makers who made this movie embrace that and they just love what they're doing and telling a great story just for the story itself. And I have to give a big shout out to Billy Zane, who absolutely crushes it in this role. And I was like, Oh, where do I know him from? 
I'm like, oh yeah, the fucking mummy. The mummy. Oh uh, man, <laughs> this guy plays such a good bad guy. And the rest of the cast too, they're just a bunch of great characters and they're very charismatic and very charming. And you kind of just fall in love with all of them because they're all quirky and weird in their own weird way, which I can relate to. It's like, I'm a weird quirky guy. I could be easily part of this crew, but no, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a fun one. And I, I appreciate that you put this one on your list. It is. This this is a really fun movie. And that, I, I think that's the best way we can put it, is that this movie yeah, is just fun. fun, right? Like, this movie is an absolute blast from start to finish. It is one of those films that, for, for some reason, has this charm to it and this relatability to it as well, where we have characters like, uh, Geraldine and Irene, even like they're, they're, they're super fascinating telling characters. Um, and I feel like everyone in this movie did a really good job. And this movie 100% does not deserve a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, first and yeah, foremost. Like that, that, that score like digs deep into my soul and uh, it makes no sense to me entirely. But is this movie a good movie? I think it is a good movie, but. To an extent, this is a movie right. that definitely has its gripes and things like that. And it has its fair share of silliness and things that don't make sense. But <laughs> it's a movie like, it, you know, yeah. it's a movie about demons. Like, what the, how much sense can you make out of it? But right. I do find um, aspects of this film to just be so profound, like in certain ways that it's shot, certain ways that it, it just kind of the way that camera just moves in this movie sometimes, like you, you get these really cool spiral shots on Geraldine sometimes. And yeah. then you, th- these amazing cuts that they have inside of there. When uh, we have uh, the collector, Billy Zane's character um, kind of coming in and out of shots. It's, it's so fucking creative on how this movie was made. And um, I, I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan. Like I love Ernest R. Dickerson, and I feel like Ernest R. Dickerson doesn't get enough love. Um, I feel like he gets enough love from horror fans, but from mm. the general public in in general, don't seem to give this man enough love and uh, the love he deserves. Like he's made fucking bones. Like he's 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 done some really great stuff. I'm curious on like all the stuff he's made. And, you know, I can say that for the post show, but um, yeah. I, I thought just, he was. Uh involved in Dexter for like a lot of the years. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I just like that. one of that's my really favorite cool. shows. And then uh, he did like Malcolm X, which is very interesting. Yeah. Which is cool because that, that seems like different from what he's done. House of Cards, we have The Purge. I mean, he's done like um, The Wire and stuff like that as well. Yeah, what so I remember. This, this dude's insane. I but, think his most recent thing was Godfather of Harlem, which was that uh, uh, it was that show with like Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker, yeah, yeah. Um, I do have to say, yeah, that Rotten Tomato score, man, that's uh, that's a rough one. I figured <laughs> like maybe like two thirds of people would like it. I understand it, right. but at the same time, it's like it deserves much, much more. Right now, yeah. the thing is, like with him, like he definitely Hollywood fucking loves him. Like that's and that's beautiful. Like I like that. I like the fact that Hollywood loves him because he he constantly gets like projects. It's not like this man's going hungry. You know what right. I'm saying? Oh, uh, but For it's sure. just like, I feel like a lot of people don't know his name. Like he's, he's worked on the man in the high castle house of cards. Like he, the, like he's, 
done a lot of shit. Um, and like, especially in TV, mainly in TV, I guess. But like, he co-wrote fucking Juice, dude. Like, Juice yeah. and directed it. And like, Juice is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, with Omar Epps and Tupac. Like, it's just, come on. This dude definitely deserves a lot more accolades than he gets, in my opinion. But hey, it, it is what it is. But um, before we actually even jump straight up into this, Freddie and I actually, we kind of had to restart a recording and so on and so forth, blah, 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 boring stuff. But when before we had to re-record, um, Freddie mentioned that he's never seen a Tales of the Crypt uh, episode right. before, uh, which is amazing. And I'm very happy this was your first time watching <laughs> anything from this series, which is great. Um, they're known right, for way, doing for sure. movies every now and then, but like Demon Knight, in my opinion, is probably one of the most popular. But there is a, a quote unquote sequel to this one as well, um, which is not really a sequel to this, but there's another movie after this one as well. But it's. I'm glad that this is just the first one you got to watch from the Tales of the Crypt series. And I hopefully you, it might interest you to watch some more uh, oh, of the actual about. series. It used to be on sci-fi. Yeah. And you were just saying the previous amazing. recording, too, is that this is pretty much like Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark for Adults? Right. And I love that. That's literally yes. how I felt while watching this movie. This movie brought me back to my childhood. But then I saw like many rated R things happen. I'm like, oh. Not that childhood, <laughs> but close to it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. This Tales from the Crypt is like if you take um uh gosh, what is it called? Uh Twilight Zone and just make it silly, that you got Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Like that that's what Tales from the Crypt is. Like it's it's just it is what it is. But let's go ahead and just jump straight up into this because I'm very much would love to talk about this movie even deeper. Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, directed by Ernest R. Dickerson, released January 13th, 1995, with a runtime of one hour and 32 minutes and a budget of $12 million, with hmm. a box office of $21.1 million, which I didn't know this was released in theaters. I thought it would just be a straight to kind of TV type of movie because it does feel like that. It does feel like a straight to TV movie in some ways. It does, but I feel like that's the charm of this movie too. Like I could that's see true. this go out in theaters. Um, it's funny enough because like I said, I go into these movies completely blind. Right. Uh, before we started recording, I was like, oh, I want to see a promotional thing for this movie. Not that I've seen it. I sure. saw the trailer. Oh my God, it's hilarious. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's really well done. Um they also show like random clips that have nothing to do with this movie. I'm just like, amazing. Are these deleted scenes? I don't know, but I love it. I'm down. That's the way you do it, man. Yeah. That's, that's, now that's a trailer. A rating of 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. We open to thunder clapping as we hear the an iconic ass score for the intro for Tales of the Tales from the Crypt as we move inside to meet the Crypt Keeper himself. And it's just that dun 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 like it's so fucking good, dude. Fade to a woman on a bed with blood all over her and the room, talking on the phone laughing that she killed someone named Carl with an axe. She gets up centrally dancing as she continues talking about how hot and bothered she is after murdering her husband. Carl's in the basement soaking in a bed of acid while the woman is bathing. Carl stomps out of the acid bath, his skin sticking to the wall as um, and the ground as he walks into the bathroom. The woman thinking it to be Jack at first, she takes a towel off of her, off her eyes, letting out a scream. 
as we pan back to the director, also known as the fucking Crypt Keeper, yelling cut and upset and upset with the man's acting. Fucking miraculous. This is the meta shit that you were talking about. That very great opener. Really just hunkers in the amazing aspect of what kind of movie you're gonna get yourself into. <laughs> Ridiculous and bonkers. Yes. Absolutely. And it's I love great. it's like the like look, they actually gave me power. And I'm just gonna show you real quick uh quick on this like opening scenes like look i can make this movie and i'm actually going to make this movie now watch my movie <laughs> exactly i was like okay it's I'm amazing it's yeah, amazing Keeper is such a good character he really is like he really yeah. is i think john casser did the voice of the crypt he Keeper, does. but yeah he's he, gosh what an absolute iconic voice just everyone knows it everyone knows it um i do i do like him getting upset but i could see like the cg kind of throwing some people off with him because the background and, and things like that oh, but yeah. eh, i thought it worked well the man rebuttals that he's he does call it acting uh the crypt keeper walks over to him in a semi-terrible slash good cg arguing about the man's acting skills yelling that he will kick him out then tells everyone to reset he walks away about to go on a rant but breaks the fourth wall to greet the audience and show us what he's been working on the brick in the fourth wall is absolutely incredible yeah. cut to him chopping a film strip introducing our feature presentation demon knight it opens to a road where a man named breaker is driving down the dark lonely highway another cry following him or excuse me another car following him a close behind breaker uh, keeps looking in his rearview mirror noticing the car and he tries picking up on speed inside the other car we have the collector calmly following him and i love how calm he is dude like he's just he's so calm, just not a worry in the world. It's the he's confidence. Like, like yeah, exactly. He just like, I'm gonna get you. Don't worry about it. I'm that good. It, I'm taking my time. Worried. Yeah. Just gonna take my time. Breaker tries losing him as he continues driving faster. Thinking that he officially lost him, his car runs out of gas. He swerves his car, picking up his gun, lowering his window, and firing at the collector. The collector's car is on fire, but he continues gunning it toward Breaker. Breaker tries to get out of the car, but the door won't open. He jumps out of the window right before he uh, he gets rammed into his, into the other car, causing it to explode and burst into flames. Wow, I didn't know cars do that when that happens. But <laughs> this was a great explosion. You know, it, actually, I, I did ask. I, I I paused it and I was like, "This has a really big production value so far." I'm like, "How?" And then now that you talked about it in the early in the episode, you said it had twelve million twelve million budget. dollars as a I'm budget. Like, okay, yeah. I can see. It's like it makes more sense. That's the thing I wanted to mention actually earlier is that it the actual uh, effects are just oh my. God, mind-boggling, fantastic. Like, they're so good. They're so good. Yeah. Like, all, like, the the way the demons look, the way, like, uh, the the glowing eyes, like, fucking God, it's so good. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Breaker stands up from the wreckage, wreckage, limping away as quickly as he can from, uh, from the wreckage. He removes a glove, looking at his hand as three new stars appear, accompanied by four other stars that were already there. Um, and shout out to the panther noises that happen when the stars appear. It's like, wow, wow. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Some of the sound effects, I'm just like, yeah, this like, is what, very dated. What, why cool. is that there? <laughs> why not? <laughs> I mean, hey. He continues moving, letting the cars burn. Breaker makes it to uh, makes it to a town called Wormwood, New Mexico, running toward a car parked outside of a cafe. He tries breaking into the car. A little kid named Danny uh, startles him, asking, "What is he doing?" Wondering if Breaker is trying to steal his dad's car. And he's like, "Are you trying to steal my daddy's car?" He's <laughs> like, "No, I'm just like, checking the locks." Kid, bug off. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Breaker lies that he's testing the locks, then tries to bribe Danny with a quarter. Like, damn, the that 90s. kid totally looks older than wanting a quarter. Like, bro, like, give me 20 bucks at least. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> a quarter? What do you think I'm going to buy? Gum? <laughs> Danny yells for his dad. Breaker uh, books it. As Homer and a couple of others run outside, Breaker finds a place to catch his breath. It is short-lived when a man named Uncle Willie startles him about the thunder. Breaker pulls out his pocket knife. The man continues drinking his alcohol, sitting down and wondering what God might be thinking to cause the lightning and thunder. He asks Breaker if he wants some alcohol because he hates drinking alone. He takes a drink, asking if he knows of a place where he can go for the night. He claims that he, he claims to know a place. Then we cut to Sheriff uh, Tupper? Tupper, Tupper, um, at the rec site, calling it uh, two, pr- uh, calling, excuse me, calling in the two different plates. His deputy Bob Martell comes over to him, upset at the at the thought of them both speeding. <laughs> like both of these guys had to be going at least a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's good detective work right there. Not great, bad. Great job, Bob. Tupper uh, sarcastically comments that uh, he can shoot their ashes if it makes him feel better. The collector <laughs> walks out from the flames, startling the two cops, asking if they uh, have seen the guy that, that he was chasing. They're in shock. He blames his survival on air ba- airbags, irritatedly asking the question again. And I love how he does that. He's like, he's like, oh, airbags, fucking hell of an invention, right? Anyway, have you seen the guy that <laughs> I was chasing? The cockiness and confidence of his personality. And it comes off very like suave and very smooth. It does. Too. Like yeah, he knows he can cover all of his bases and be confident about it, which is really cool for a right. character as a villain. And it's odd because like he, the way he talks, like, you oddly trust him, right? Like because you, you kind of just want to be his friend because he trusts himself the way he talks. It's like he's as confident as you can be. So you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. It's like you have answers. I agree. Yeah, he, he's he's a great collector. But by the way, I'm just going to start calling him TC from this point on. But anyway, Bob answers that they didn't see anybody. TC starts walking off. Tupper questioning Breaker, um, excuse me, uh, questioning um, TC walking out of the wreck as well. Or excuse me, questioning about Breaker walking out of the wreck as well. Bob stops him, telling him that he he has a few questions to answer. TC shares that the man he's chasing is dangerous and they have a, they have a problem if he's in their town. He points behind him that something awful is about to go down. Back with Breaker and Uncle Willie walking toward a church like motel. Willie the, uh, Willie tells the history of the place. Breaker receives another star, knowing that he's in the right place. Willie opens up the door, telling the receptionist Irene and a woman Cordelia that he has business. Cordelia wonders what type. And she's like, like, 
Like, ooh, what type of business? <laughs> <laughs> he shares that uh, Breaker is looking for a room for himself. And, uh, and it's funny. He was like, he's looking for a room for himself, Cordelia. <laughs> Get that shit out of your head. <laughs> Irene asks how long he uh, wants a room for. He suggests either a night or maybe two. She comments that she doesn't uh, rent short term into strangers. He pulls out a wad of cash, uh, taking the bill and accepting his offer. Cordelia watches him put a, put away his cash. He signs the, uh, the letter. Irene is about to tell him to enjoy his stay and say his name. He cuts he cuts her off, calling himself Smith. She calls um, over Geraldine, cleaning cleaning a stove in the kitchen, or quote unquote cleaning a stove in the kitchen. Geraldine comes out of the kitchen, yelling about cleaning her stove, asking how she expects her to finish um, if she keeps bothering her. Now, true. How amazing was it to see Jada Pinkett Smith? Yeah, it, it's really cool. Did that surprise you? Because she looked. Very young. Um, well, the opening credits, I saw her name pop up. So I was just okay. waiting for her to appear. Uh, as, when I saw her name pop character. up, I was like, oh shit. Okay, that's really cool. Uh, and this just shows, yeah, Jada Pink. Uh, what was it? Jada Pinkett Smith. Pinkett Smith. Or it just showed Jada Pinkett, Pinkett at the, at at the that time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. I like her as an actress. She's really Me good. Um, so I was really excited to see her pop up. And yeah, she looks badass. And just like she's such a good character, right? Which I have to say, all of them seem very like, like I would hang out with this crew. I don't know, they yeah. seem very enjoyable. Absolutely, for, uh, the, the dude that you'll talk about, but we'll get there. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting um, when I first seen her because Jada Jada Pinkett Smith at this at this time she was a good actress or actor, but the thing is about Jada Pinkett at this time, she wasn't really like crazy known. Like she, she was right. like, but well, at the same time, she wasn't like popular, I should say. Huh? Like at this time, she's done a lot of movies during this time. Cause like in the nineties, I want to say like she had set it off. I now I got to look it up. Cause now it's going to fucking kill me. Uh, just, <clears throat> excuse me. Cause she had set it off. Which was one of them? Uh, where is the filmography? There it is. Uh, Menace to Society. Yeah. The Inkwell. Um, Demon Knight was her fifth movie. Oh wow! That was her fifth movie. And I remember watching Horror Noir and seeing Ernest talk about when he first saw her, and he was like, "That's my Geraldine. Like she needs to be my Geraldine." Um, That's dope. She was in Nutty Professor and obviously screamed too for a second. Um, So like (laughs) she was in a whole bunch of, she was also in the new uh, Matrix, if I remember correctly. Wasn't she? I could have sworn she was in the new Matrix. Um, I think I might be mistaken. She's in it. She's like the old lady. You know what? I'm I'm very silly because I'm looking at her filmography. Um, it's at the bottom. Yes, she's in the new Matrix. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's what I mean. Like she just she has um, she just has that charisma during that time where she wasn't like really that she wasn't that popular until like I feel like later in the uh, in the nineties, like in the early nineties, yeah. I feel like she wasn't really all that popular. But anyway, I'm rambling at this point. Irene knows she's bullshitting, calling the state of her gloves, and and for her to show uh, Breaker to room five. They stare at each other as they um, as if they know each other. Geraldine scoffing and muttering as she takes her her gloves off. I love this because in that moment, like Breaker knows, like you're the one. 
you are the chosen one. Like, I know it's going to be you. I know I'm going to huh. die for you. Like, I feel like he knows. I have to rewatch it. I think knowing now what the outcome is, rewatching it will have like a whole new light of like how he portrays her and looks at her. Right. It's a good call out. She takes the keys and walks him upstairs as Irene instructs her to fix him some dinner, yelling about more jobs uh, she has to do. She opens the door for him. He looks around for a moment before he, before she gets his attention by clearing her throat. He comes into the room. She takes off her bandana, wondering what she need, needs to tell him. Breaker Breaker wants to know uh, which way is town. She points in the other in a different direction, commenting that he, uh, he's looking at nothing. Knowing that he didn't come there for a view, she throws him his key. Joking about bringing up his bags, she walks out of the room. Back downstairs, Cordelia is talking to a man named Wally about him getting fired. Wally's whole backstory Holy that we find shit. out later. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, he wow. seemed like such a nice guy who has like tough times and you're like, oh, Fuck. you were about to do this. Yeah. Okay. Like you were about to you were about to you're literally about to go postal. Like Yeah. <laughs> like holy shit. Irene is as eavesdropping as Wally continues that he doesn't know what happened to the mail, sharing that the postmaster uh, ripped his name tag off in front of everyone and took his Mr. Zippy patch. I don't know what a Mr. Zippy patch is. But I don't know, that, but that's probably that's what cost him his that's mind it. to go wild. <laughs> Cordelia continues putting on makeup, advising him that he should he should have told his boss to, uh, to fuck off. Irene chimes in that, that he should crawl back there on his hands and knees for his, asking for his job back. He claims that he tried that and his boss said no. Cordelia mm-hmm. wonders where Geraldine is. She calls for her. She irritatedly comes out of the kitchen to see what Cordelia wants. Cordelia asks about her sheets. Geraldine tells her that they are downstairs, adding that she couldn't get the stains out. <laughs> And I like how she's like blaming it on like guacamole. She's like fucking guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> she asked for Geraldine to put them put them on her bed for her. Geraldine argues that she could do it herself since she's busy. Irene demands her to get her sheets. She tells Irene no and that she just started the stove. Wally stands up, letting her know that he'll get them for her and uh and put them on her bed. Cordelia comes back over to Irene, feeling pity for him, wondering if she should give him a freebie. <laughs> And I love that. Just what he needs. Someone else screwing him. (laughs) (laughs) The dialogue and the conversations are really like... It's spot on. Humorous. Yeah, they're so good. It's so good. It's so good. I absolutely adore the way their conversations work. (laughs) And it just works with their personalities too of what they're saying. It's just like, yeah, yep, this is very believable. Like this is the interaction I would see happen between all of you. Absolutely. Cut to TC in the in the cop car, mentioning that he he wasn't watching his speedometer. Uh, Tupper questions why he was chasing Breaker in the first place. TC calls him a thief. Bob wondering what did he steal to have him going so fast. He doesn't answer. Bob thinking it, um, it to be valuable. TC responds that it is. Tupper gets uh, gets. Tupper gets a call on his walkie from Mavis, sharing that somebody tried stealing Homer's car. TC smiles in the back as the cops turn the sirens on and shoot over there. Meanwhile, Breaker is eating some type of disgusting ass shit with ketchup. I don't know why he put ketchup in it. Whatever that, it looked like soup, but like yeah. a chunky soup, and he put ketchup inside of it. Mm, ketchup can make anything taste better, maybe? I don't know. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Cordelia seductively, um, and, uh, excuse me, Cordelia seductively, uh, 
and Willie disgustingly watching him as he stuffs his face. Breaker irritatedly asks if if they want some. Willie joking that it looked better uh, when it was roadkill. <laughs> Geraldine tells him to shut up and eat it. Cordelia flirtatiously leans on the table, wanting to be his dessert. <laughs> Cordelia was like, I couldn't tell like if she was either trying to make a hustle or if she was just like legit like just taking this yeah. dude. <laughs> Geraldine or or Cleo. The cat walks on the table. Um, <laughs> Willie picks her up. Irene's shouting to get that pussy off the table. And I love how Cordelia just shoots off the table. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> she jokes that she met the cat. Geraldine <laughs> calls for Cleo. Irene reiterating that she told her to get uh, get the cat out. Geraldine mentions that she did, but she doesn't know how she got back inside. I love that. I love that we we kind of get that Context interference. Early. Yes. Yeah. And I love that it's just like okay, there's a, there's a more openings than we know to this place. Yeah. Love that. They argue about cleaning the stove. Um Irene arguing about how much she she saved her saved her life by bringing her her in. You know, another thing that I would like to mention about this movie that I really appreciate. It doesn't feel small even though we're in one place. This movie doesn't feel small. It doesn't feel right. like crazy contained. Like the, well, the, this motel feels quite large. The big thing is like the events of tonight is what's going to happen to the rest of the world. It's very grand right. in like the stakes of things. It's like if they fail of what they need to get done and get accomplished and not survive the night, then the whole world's in danger. Right. And I think that's what makes it a little bit more grand and big scale. And of course, the the set design is really good. This whatever this like church slash hotel is has so much going for it it's a character in its own yeah the whole upstairs area there's uh, the dining room there's like uh the lobby and then we find out the basement has a bunch of stuff going on there's a lot of stuff going on in this one location itself where you're kind of discovering more and more about it even the attic has a bunch of stuff going on it just adds more to like damn this is not just like a regular place itself has a, a thousand secrets as well between its walls yeah, I absolutely agree. A car honks outside. Breaker stands in fear. She asks if he, if he's expecting anybody. Roach from the cafe walks in, greeting all of them with alcohol in his hand. Cordelia walks down to greet him with a kiss, commenting that he kept her waiting. Breaker sits back down. He shares the reason, uh, the reason, he shares the reason why he's late, um, is because someone tried to steal Homer's car. Willie is surprised, calling his car a piece of junk. Roach agrees that it, that he, uh, <laughs> agrees that it was, um, excuse me. Roach agrees, um, and that he was trying to take it right out of the parking lot and the sheriff and deputy showed up. He gives Cordelia a compliment as he grabs her in close. They head upstairs as poor Wally comes back with their sheets. <laughs> Aww. And Irene's just like leave him at the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> poor Wally, Wally, dude. He's like watching oh, them man, as they head into her. Let's say again. I'm sorry. No, I was like, oh damn it! They're having more nachos and guacamole. It was a bad day. <laughs> yes, that was a great joke. Mind, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> watching them as they head into her room, Irene tells him to sit them by the door since she'll need clean sheets soon. Mm. Womp womp. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tupper and DC are speaking with Homer and Wanda. Um, and it's so fucking funny. Wanda is like majorly filling TC. Like the way she's looking at him, like twirling her hair and shit as she as 
they're tr- asking him questions. <laughs> Tupper walks back to his cruiser. Mavis sharing that she uh, that she got a call from Irene about Breaker. Uh, TC is eager to get get there, telling him not to get inside his own cruiser. Back at the motel, Cordelia and Roach sounding like they're fighting a bear or something. I like what kind of sex sounds are these? Like over the top. <laughs> like, dude, what? are you a caveman? Like oh, the nineties. <laughs> that was so. Um, unexpected <laughs> if you will yeah and like TC. everyone's listening in too they're like all staring up the ceiling and just the ceiling's like shaking it, it, it feel like or is it like some people smiling like irene and willie or some shit they're i feel like they're smiling or something yeah it's, i don't know it's i'm sure thing. it's like a regular occurrence for them <laughs> Um, everybody's sitting at the table and listening. Geraldine joking about him holding on as she as she pours them coffee. It's just like, wow, he's really going at it. Huh? <laughs> she, um, she, uh, they're all quiet. Breaker asking, "What was she in jail for?" She looks at him. He comments that he's not judging. She quickly answers that she was stealing and walks away. The cop car screeches in. Irene opens the door. Breaker stands as she spills the beans on uh, where he is. TC and him exchange glances. He tells t- um, Tupper that Breaker is armed and he better watch out. Geraldine is about to walk past. Breaker will takes her as a hostage they draw their guns he yells for them to drop their guns tc nonchalantly tells them that he won't do it they command him to drop the knife a breaker commenting that her blood is on tc's hand i actually love this um the fact that he grabs geraldine because i generally do feel like if it would have been anybody else except for geraldine he would have done it interesting i could see that yeah and the only reason why is because geraldine is the next chosen one and he knows that. And like, I, I feel like, I feel like he, because those stars, I would assume those stars are telling him they're like directional paths, like a compass in some ways. And the way they align, I'm sure it means something. So, right. I mean, everything was like, he was drawn to that place. Right. He was like, oh, it used to be a church. And he's like, oh, that's perfect. This is where I was meant to be. With the like symbolism of the religion and stuff like that in this movie as well. And maybe TC kind of knows that too because he even says, like, oh yeah, he's not going to do it. Maybe he maybe. also knows that she is the one that's like, oh yeah, he's not going to kill her. I mean, I, I that makes a lot of sense because the fact that TC doesn't do nearly the things that he does to everyone else. Right. Like everyone else, like they, they, no fucks given, but like with her, like he would flirt with her and he would, he would try to get close with her. He would try to coerce, coerce her, coerce her differently than everyone else. And right. I, I thought that actually a really great point that you brought that up, Freddie. Really great point. He clears his throat as he awaits Breaker, uh, Breaker's moment to let her go. He does so, dropping his knife on the table as the cops handcuff him. They check his wallet, revealing his actual name. He throws it over to Bob. Um, and I love how Bob is just an absolute goofball. <laughs> TC commenting that they will find uh, what he's looking for inside his coat pocket. Irene asking, asking why he's there. He mentions that he works for a collection agency. Tupper reveals that it is empty. TC knowing that... Uh, 
Knowing that it must be somewhere in there, he sits down grabbing his glass of water. Breaker yells for them to keep him away. Tupper tells him to shut up asking for whatever he's looking for. He claims to not know what Tupper is talking about. Tupper slams slams him back on the table. Irene thinking that it could possibly be inside his room. Tupper asks if they are uh, what they are looking for. TC shares that it is an antique, a relic in the shape of a key. Tupper yells for Bob to search his room. Bob does so, not finding anything and walks back down. Overhearing Roach and Cordelia, he grabs his gun and slowly moves toward the door, watching them as they have some type of electrical foreplay. Like a fucking car battery to his right. nipples? Like, what? <laughs> what Such a fuck? weird scene. But like, I, it makes sense in this movie. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Why not? No, the, you know what? This movie's like just incredibly horny. It is. Like, like the fucking demons are naked and shit. Like this movie is just incredibly horny. Like yeah. just lo and behold. <laughs> he bursts into the room yelling for them to freeze. What? <laughs> Bob demands them to get their clothes on. I love Bob though. Bob is so endearing to me. They all move downstairs. Bob not finding the key shaped relic and joking about the electrical nipple clamps. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Bob's the type to want to go try that at home. He's like, like, oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) Tupper gets off the phone with Mavis apologizing to Cordelia and Roach, hoping that it is uh, personal business. Hey, we're not kink shaming everyone. I just want you to know that. We're not kink shaming. It's just a little shocking. That's it. Oh, Freddy. Tupper gets off the phone with Mavis apologizing to Cordelia and Roach. Um, It's funny that we actually have uh, Roach in this movie and we had right. a Roach that Talk we very it. much loved and beloved inside of uh, People Under the Stairs. People Under the Stairs. Yeah. Hoping that it it was personal business, Bob adding that it it was like a tune-up or a lube job. Um, they tell him to shut up. To, uh, Tupper mentioning that Breaker is getting more in- interesting, sharing that Frank Breaker um, died over five years ago. You know what's interesting? Mm-hmm. We don't get context to that at all. Not one bit. Like the fact that he died five years ago, like did he steal someone's identity? Like I think that's what we can assume. But that's true. Yeah. Like I don't, that also doesn't make sense as to why he would steal someone's identity. Unless, unless, unless they're trying to like go across tagging from when he was in the war. And him dying five years ago was just a, a cover story. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I got more context. Yeah. Yeah. Like th- this is the type of things that I have gripes with with this movie. Uh, Tupper sho- uh, shoves him, uh, shoves him, asking who who he is and what's his name. Breaker is silent. They are about to take him to uh, to jail before TC reminds them about what he's looking for. They sit him back down, wanting him to tell tell them where he, uh, he put it, making it easy for them so they can make it easy on him. Willie exclaims that he knows where it is, not realizing until now um, that uh, that he saw him stash it. Breaker tells him no. Bob sets him down, Willie apologizing, but then looks underneath the table. He picks up the key-shaped relic. Um, TC brings brings out his uh, briefcase, asking for Willie to put it inside inside for him. The phone rings. Tupper picks it up, mentioning that Breaker put something inside inside there asking Willie if he can dump it dump it out before placing it inside the case Breaker tells him uh, tells him no as Willie try, tries to unscrew the lid he continues trying to tell Willie that he he uh, isn't 
excuse me, he continues trying to tell Willie that he isn't what he claims to be. Tupper grabs it and, um, and that he will take it while instructing Bob to take out Breaker to the car. He tries to show his appreciation, but he tells him not to, not to bother as he mentions that, that both the cars were stolen. He points the gun towards his back as they all walk out of the motel. I'm pretty sure cops can't do that. Fucking holds you at gunpoint and force you. <laughs> like, like, I'm pretty sure that's not a way you can arrest someone. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 90s. Who the fuck knows? Um, TC claims that he's, he's making a big mistake. If, and if they knew, if they knew who he was, Tupper, uh, Tupper believes that he will find out soon enough. TC stops thinking now is a good time to show them who he truly is. Fucking punching the shit out of Tupper's face. His fists punch right through his head. What that a reveal, dude. Yeah. What a reveal on how brutal this movie is. Yeah, and <laughs> how powerful of a character he is. Yeah. And that's why he's keeping his calm. He can do this at any time. He's like, you guys are nothing to me. It's like, I can do this the easy way. I'd rather do that. But you know what? If you get in my way, all right, this is who I really am. Boom. Amazing. The reveal yeah. of this is just absolutely incredible, and I think uh, he's just such an amazing character. Goddamn. Breaker asks for Bob to give him the keys. Bob tries to grab his gun. He takes the keys as TC drops uh, drops Tupper down and rips his head off. The whole room is in absolute shock at what's <laughs> going on. Breaker gets out of his res- his restraints, jumping towards TC just to punch him by uh, Tupper's head. He throws the head to Bob. Breaker grabs the relic. TC grabs him. Breaker using the relic to burn him in the in the face with it. TC jumps out of the window, yelling that they are they aren't worth the skin that they're printed on. I love that. He takes off his clothes, yelling, yelling that all they have to do was give him the key and they could have gotten on with their lives. He condemns the property, slicing his hand with his nail. Neon green blood oozes from his hand, throwing it all over the ground. It begins to boil as flames spit out from the ground. They, um, they begin to mold and form into snarling, gooey demons, TC kissing one of them as they continue to grow. Their eyes glowing green as they fully rise into their demonic form. The crew all watches them until the lights cut out. Cordelia commenting that they're gone. Breaker yells for them to get get back as Wally's dumbass sticks his head out of the window. Breaker moves to grab the gun for Tupper's body as Wally comments about the spell. A demon appears in um a demon appears in front of them, then jumps inside through the through another window, grabbing Bob. Breaker shoots the creature, green lightning shooting from the creature's eyes. What the fuck is going on? This whole entire scene is like, I don't even know how to explain it's it. While nuts. I'm watching it for the first time, I'm like, yo, this looks great. First off, <laughs> the demons look super fucking creepy as the they were coming out of the ground. And they look all like... Yeah, like you said, gooey, and he's like kissing him, just like, uh, no, what the hell? It's like, is that his like baby demons? I don't know what the hell's going on, but his creations. What a crazy scene to behold in the movie that I had no expectations for. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I just saw a guy get punched through the face, ripped off his head. Now Amazing. I see demons coming out of the ground, and yeah, now it's just chaos from blood. Yeah. Like from blood that turns into hellfire. Like what <laughs> are you they smoking? Shot, they beam out like lasers. Okay. I'm in. Amazing. I do have a theory about that though. 
Um, I, I have the a theory. Eyes being the window of the soul type of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yes, the yes. eyes being the soul. Like I think that is just amazing. That's probably their restless soul releasing. I guess being trapped inside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it's their soul trying to fight back or if it's a restless soul because it's like it's kind of like a martyr, right? Because when when right. the, the it comes out of their eyes, it still hurts them. Oh yeah. So, I don't know, it's interesting. Another jumps in, grabbing Irene. He takes another shot. They try coming through the door. He uses the rest of the bullets, forcing them to scurry. He anoints the door with the blood for, well, blood-like blood substance, creating a barrier. Geraldine and Willie try going out the back door, a demon already waiting waiting there for them, grabbing Geraldine by the neck. She screams as Breaker throws his butterfly knife at the demon's eye. <laughs> Anointing that entrance next, a demon running inside and getting fried, falling to the ground. She asks him what that shit is. Meanwhile, everyone else is inside the lobby. Roach wanting to make a run for it to his truck. Wally shouts for her to stay away from the door. She tries to talk Roach out of it. He is willing to go with without her, but Cordelia doesn't uh, want to stay, with, stay there without him. He steps outside, the demon jumping on her. She punches the creature, apologizing as it, uh, um, as, um, as it is not phased by her punch and begins choking her. While he grabs the gun, shooting the demon in the head, it turning its scream into laughter. Breaker yells for it to shoot him in the eyes. He does so, the green lightning hitting him and, and, and into the building, um, or hitting him back into the building. Um, it's interesting because you do actually see that, okay, he can use a gun. Like, dude, like, Three oh, shots, so scary. like absolutely perfect, and it sucks because Wally could have been a really fucking awesome character in this. Because like I, I feel like I feel like Wally had potential to save everybody if he like if they would have allowed him to. Um, Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean he's not his backstory. I'm just like yo, this. I, I mean, know. yeah, it's gross. <laughs> they help him back. <laughs> they open back inside. Cordelia surprised by TC asking if she needs a hand as he stands in the doorway. He tries to go inside, frustrated, telling Breaker to just give him the key. She checks on Wally, pleading for him not to die. He wakes back up, Breaker stealing the window with the blood like goo. Irene asks if there are demons. He, he tells her that they are worse. Roach yelling about who is going to protect them. Breaker instructs them that they have to stay inside and stay together, only needing to wait out the, wait out through the night. Irene asks if the if the red substance is going to keep them out. He agrees, confirming that it is blood inside the key and destroying their eyes will free their souls. Oh, never mind. They tell us. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, Roach tells him to deal with it, knowing that they only want want him and the and the key. Wanting to give it to them, Breaker knows that they would just kill or possess them to get get to others, and they need to stick together, whether they like it or not. Geraldine mentions that her cat is outside and she needs to get him. He exclaims that if they go out, go out, um, then stay out. I don't fucking blame him, dude. Like, if you're going to go out there, stay out there. Right. Don't come back in here. Don't you put us all in danger for your cat. Sorry, Geraldine. <laughs> right, I guess he saying. is the one that endangered all of them by going there. But yeah. I mean, no, he definitely <laughs> did. But at the same time, like, he's also trying to keep them safe. Right. Or, or not even them. Like, it's just kind of like himself. Like, if you want to go, then go. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you can go for all, all I care. Like, I'm staying here behind this seal with blood right. anointed around this uh, seal of a window seal or whatever. 
So I don't blame him. He exclaims if they go, oh, excuse me. Roach questions him, asking what, what is he going to do? Shoot them, uh, shoot them. Bricker admits that he will right in the eyes. He commands that they stay down, stay down there while he goes upstairs to seal it. Bricker makes his way upstairs, kicking through the, the, the room doors, sealing the windows with the blood. I love the neon red glow. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's cool. So nice. It's cool Such fact. a good touch. Um, he is about to walk out, out, out of the room, the sign of the cross, uh, the sign of, excuse me, the, the sign of the cross illuminates on the wall. He turns around, staring at it in a trance-like state. Flashbacks of Jesus and two other men, uh, Dismas and, and Justus, I think that was his name, crucified on the cross. I don't know. Do you remember that? I don't remember, I, I, but- I was like, oh, this is a weird clip now. Okay. Right. Like, I, I feel like that was talked about in Catholic school. I'm sure it was. I know. 100%. They were both like, like thieves or something like that. Yes. That's 100% yeah. right, Freddie. Yes. They were both thieves. And I think Dismas was the thief that was like, um, kind of like freed of all his sins. Cause like he, he was a thief of, uh, like he's the one who actually like believed Jesus. Right, and and it's uh it's really weird because if I want to deep dive into this movie and the symbolism, it's like, all right, is Geraldine like one of the thieves that gets forgiven, but it's on the side of Jesus now? Yes, I was like, uh, sure. It's like I'll throw like, that. I, in that's there. how they I need to do it? it. Maybe not. Did it Probably unintentionally? Not. Did sure. Like if yeah. she fits the bill with that, it's like, all right, what did you do uh, to get yourself in prison? I'm a thief, and she's like, I won't judge, or he said, I won't judge. Right. Because he's not so, God. Yeah. Like he he's he's just like I guess uh a He's literally uh, there to deliver her from evil. I'm just pretty like, oh, much. Exactly. You're the Messiah. Yeah. You're the chosen one as of now. Right. Absolutely. Another man walking toward them, startled by a demon. He uh he's about to hand the key to it, but is struck down by a message from our sponsors. And we're back. He's actually not struck down by a message from our sponsors. He was struck down by lightning. Dude, get wrecked. Geraldine taps uh, Breaker on his shoulder. He turns the gun on her, asking what she is doing there. She thought that uh, she thought he might need some help. He sits on her bed, apologizing about her cat and talking, um, taking her hostage. She hands him a towel, sitting next to him, sharing that she knew he wasn't. She uh, she asks him who he really is. He claims to be an old man running out of time. I love that. Meanwhile, Roach sparks a cigarette going up to Cordelia and Wally, mocking the two of them. She calls him a bastard. He claims that he wasn't the one who, who tried to kill her. He continues to blame her that he didn't, he didn't tell her to follow him. She claims to know uh, who her friends are as she leans on Wally. He blows smoke in his face. I love how Wally's just like, I want to fucking deck you so hard, dude. (laughs) Commenting that she doesn't have friends while he walks away. Breaker and Geraldine come back downstairs sharing the, sharing that the doors and windows are sealed, asking Irene if there are any other ways in or out of there. There isn't. He asks if they have some place to put, um, Tupper. Breaker and Bob cover him up and move him out of the lobby. Irene asking Geraldine to make some coffee with her, uh, since since it is uh, going to be a long night. In the kitchen, Irene is loading up a shotgun that, she, um, that, used to be her husband's. Cleo jumps on the table, Geraldine excited to see him as she picks him up. Breaker believes that they um that they let the cat in, but she tells him that he just appeared. He ch- he chases her around the table, wanting to anoint the cat with the blood. She drops the cat on the ground. Cleo runs down into the basement. Geraldine trying to assure him that the cat isn't possessed. Roach stops Wally wanting to talk to him. He moves um he's moving back 
He's moving back, not wanting to speak with Roach, bringing up him abandoning Cordelia to die, hoping that he's ashamed of himself. But he's not, knowing that everybody has to look out for, for themselves, and he wants to get out of there. I fucking hate him, dude. Yeah, she's a piece of shit. I really hate him. You know where this dude is from, though? Oh, he's like, in a lot of stuff. He's in so much stuff. Like, it, it, oh, you know, another thing that's interesting is um, the guy who plays Breaker. Uh huh. Like, he's also in, he's the asshole inside of the mist. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he, he actually plays a lot of asshole characters in general. That's true. He does. It was, it was, it's always quite refreshing seeing him play someone who isn't an asshole. <laughs> because I'm just like looking at his face. He's like, he seems like a very angry individual, <laughs> but he's so like, lovable in this. So I'm like, oh, okay. That's I mean, I wouldn't cool. say lovable, but he, right, right. Well, he's like, he's a protagonist. He's like you're a down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but cause the only times, the only times I've seen him like in a role that, He's, I guess, normal in, I don't know, normal's not even the right word, like nice, I would say nice, or or the right. good guy, the good guy, is this in Bill and Ted. As death, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Bill that's the only time it was just like, great, you know? Yeah. It was so awesome to see him back and face the music as well. Yes, true. Fucking side note, but whatever. Um, but anyway. Um, Wally comments that no, that nobody is leaving until Breaker says so. Roach rebuttals that his fight, um, that this is his fight and he doesn't want to die in, in this motel. I don't, I kind of don't blame him, but Cordelia comes around the corner as Roach continues that he wants to get the key and give it to the demons. She asks if he's caused enough trouble. He ignores the question, commenting that he's trying to have a conversation with his friend Wally. She tells him that Wally isn't his friend. Roach excuses them, grabbing Cordelia and pushing her into a, into a room. He threatens that he will kill her if she gets in her in her uh, gets in his way. She claims that she claims to not be afraid of him. She slaps her, grabbing her arm, suggesting her to be afraid of him. Wow, wow! I loved mm. what he got later. He yeah. throws her on the bed and leaves out of the room. Meanwhile, the others are still looking for the cat in the basement. Breaker checks behind a crate. Cleo jumps into Geraldine's arms. He pours the bl- blood on the cat. A reaction. Willie points to a small windy opening from where the cat came. Cordelia's in her in her room, sobbing, a hand reaching out and, and touching her. It disappears and as she searches around the room. TC calling it a crim- criminal to treat a beautiful woman that way. He continues flattering her, claiming to understand, um, know what she wants and needs. The window glows from a warm light as he continues speaking throughout the room. Claiming that the guys like Roach think because they are paying for it, it allows them to treat her like shit. She call, she looks outside the window, TC standing there, um, staring at her from the ground below, commenting on her horrible nature of the word whore, calling her a sad girl who looks, who's looking for love. They smile at each other. He claims that he can, he can give her that love while reaching up toward her. She closes her eyes, crying as if she can feel the warmth of his touch. He asks her to let him in. She opens her eyes. Wally knocks on her door before opening it. He sees her on the bed asking if she's okay. She stands, greeting him as she approaches him with her robe undone. Walking toward him, she suggests that she realized something awful about herself, knowing that she avoided the guys that really loved her, like him, 
She moves in close. Wally accidentally shuts the door. She asks if he really loves her. He claims that he does and that, uh, that he always have, that he always have since the first time he's delivered her mail. They kiss. Cut to the crew back inside the basement, figuring out the, uh, that it is a tunnel and um that is underneath the motel. And I love the the whole tunnel aspect because it kind of reminded me of um like uh, uh the Underground Railroad in a okay. way. Yeah. And, and, and and bear with because it's it a bit of a stretch of. um in some ways, but like obviously it's it's mines and things like that right. and all of that stuff. But I like the transportation aspect behind it and right. how these demons are trying to transport themselves through this mine shaft or this mine tunnel uh, to get inside this motel. And yeah. it's, it's kind of like they're trying to come from the depths of hell twice in order to get to this motel. That's a good way to look at it. It's really funny because you brought that up. I was like, Oh, this kind of reminds me of eight crazy freaks. Of just like the town. That the, that's the uh, spider. spider? <laughs> yeah, where's like there's just like random mines everywhere, and like they just like end up in the mines, and it's like, all right, cool. Now you're in trouble. Now it's fucking mines. Like, good it's, job, guys. It's called eight legged freaks, right? Eight legged freaks. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, that's David Arquette, right? Am I mistaken? David Arquette's in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What a saint. What a good guy. He, he, David Arquette's fantastic. Shout out to David. You know what I'm saying? Both Davids. Our David and David Arquette. <laughs> like, yes. Shout out to them. Because they're both delights. Uh, Bob claiming to not be surprised since the whole town is riddled with them. Geraldine believes that they can escape this way. Breaker tells them that it's too risky. They all groan as he comments that they are safer in there. Wally screams from above. They rush upstairs. Cordelia's door shaking. They burst into a room. Cordelia officially a demon who f- is just absolutely destroying Wally. Like, oh my god. She's devouring him. Jesus. What a (laughs) man-eater. Okay. Breaker takes a shot at her. She uses Wally as a fucking shield, throwing him at Breaker. She jumps on him, her face shifting into a more menacing-looking demon. Roach wants her uh, wants Irene to shoot them, but she won't, and he tries to wrestle the gun away from her. Bob tries to step in and just... Uh, and- and just gets straight handled. Breaker pulls out the out the key. Cordelia smacks it, smacks it out from his hand. The blood spilling on the on the stairs. Geraldine grabs it, handing it to Irene. Breaker is beginning to pass out. Um, Irene comes into the room with the vial, just just to get her fucking arm ripped off by Cordelia. <laughs> she is walking. She is walking the arm. Yeah, she was walking the arm and the key. Breaker taking the shotgun and exploding her brain matter on the floor, making sure to shoot her eyes that fall out of her head. What a scene, dude. <laughs> so much going what on. What an amazing possession scene. Yeah. Like, the it way looks she looks, the way she moves, the way the creature design just feels and flows in this movie just feels fantastic. Yeah. And it's just, to me, that's really what I'm thinking. Job. Like, what, what is what there? What is there not to love? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what is there not to fucking love? God damn, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Guts Irene being patched up um, by Bob and Geraldine. She uh, pours a bottle of alcohol in Irene on on Irene's wound. Like, what the fuck is that supposed to do? The uh, disinfect, I guess. It's ripped off, Freddie. Right. Like, 
like, like what? Like, what like do you how she says, like, oh yeah, it's like I want to drink it now, basically. <laughs> I love that part. Yeah. Like, I love what yeah. she's like, hand me the fucking thing. Like, just l- l- let me drink this. She writhes in pain, asking for the bottle so she could chug it. Bob yells um that it is still bleeding. Yeah, no fucking shit. Her arm was ripped off. <laughs> Geraldine um wanting to get her get her out of there, knowing that Irene will bleed to death. Bob is with her, wanting to take their chances inside the mines. Willie believes that the distance is about a mile or two out, out before uh, getting out of the mines. They all want to do do it except for Breaker, wondering if the demons already found the mines. Roach yells, um, excuse me, that they are going to get out of get out through the mines, not needing Breaker's permission to do so. Still wanted to give the demons the key. Breaker comments that he's not get, going to give him uh, the key. He's going to have to take take it. Roach approaches him. Breaker pulling out the gun, threatening that he will he will have to kill him, asking for his understanding. He tells them all he tells them all that they don't that they don't know what they are all up against, and they're um and if they go down there, he can't help them. And poor Irene's just like absolutely in shock. She's like shaking and shit, and she's like shivering and yeah. like oh my god. Roach sarcastically commenting that he's he's been doing a great job so far while pointing to Mar- to Irene. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong, right? Like, I hate Roach as much as I hate this fucking character. Like, he's not wrong. <laughs> and all and all they are missing is Wally, Cordelia, and Irene's arm. He tells him to fuck off, and the um, and that he's going. Um, everyone else, um, everyone else is with Roach, and they all start heading down into the basement. Roach strikes the wall with a sledgehammer. Breaker comes downstairs. Roach slightly, um, saying that he will save him and, uh, for him not to worry. The, uh, the pounding on the wall gives Breaker's, uh, flashbacks to Jesus being nailed to the cross. Jesus. And that was actually, like, violent. That was like, yeah. uh, what was that one movie that, uh, Passion Mel Gibson made? Uh, Passion of the Christ, I think. Yeah, like it reminded me of that. Yeah. <laughs> the man being chased by the demons for the key, uh, which Passion of the Christ, I don't care what fuck anyone says. That is 100%. That's a horror movie. It, it's it an absolute horror movie. Um, the blood of Jesus falling and burning the demon. The man catches the blood inside the key, burning the demon when it, uh, when it grabs it. Roach breaks the wall down. Willie and Geraldine takes a, a gander inside. Roach grabs Willie to go inside first, then him, Irene, Bob, and Geraldine, and lastly, Breaker decides to cautiously head inside behind them, sealing off the entrance before continuing. And I love this. Because I feel like he um, seals off that entrance because he knows they're going to come back. I think so too. Yeah. Like he, and, and I don't actually, I, I think it's just a precaution where it's more so the fact that it's just like, just in case if we have to come back, We're we covered. can just book it back inside and yeah. like be safe. He's very smart. Much. You can tell he's been doing this for a very long time. Right. Absolutely. They check through the mines, Roach mocking Willie about his age and how the demons wouldn't want him. He claims that he, <laughs> he <laughs> claims that he, poor Willie. <laughs> I hate that they called him Uncle Willie too in this movie. I was just like, oh, 
That's yeah, weird. That's weird. fucking weird. He claims that he knows the mines and, and they aren't going to get them, claiming that they are going to find the, uh, the North Spur and get out. Willie isn't too sure on which direction they are in, Breaker choosing a path for them. He thinks that this is r- the right way and everyone follows. Geraldine's stopping when she overhears a boy weeping for help. She goes She goes to follow the whimpers and it is Danny from the diner. She promises not to hurt him as she pulls him, pulls him out and pulls him out of the hole. His mom and dad are both demons trying to attack her. She yells that the demons are there and for them to run. They chase them through the tunnels, Geraldine leading the charge. Breaker falls to the ground. Demon Homer takes a slash at his chest. He hits Homer off of him, shooting him in the eyes, uh, shooting the eyes out of the woman. Bob pulls Breaker, um, pulls Breaker back inside the hole in the basement. The demon's not able to cross through. Idiot Roach shoots Homer, Breaker screaming no as the Homer explodes, breaking the seal. <laughs> oh, I hate oh, him. Roach. Breaker yells for them to run upstairs as the demons begin to uh, crawl, crawl th- or come through. And I, I fucking hate like his reasoning. He was like, this is for giving me minimum wage, asshole. Right. Fuck off. Fuck off, Roach. Like, come on. Come on. They all run upstairs behind the next barrier that Breaker set up um, on the stairs. Happy to be in one piece, he asks what the boy's name is. Irene shares that it's Danny. He goes up to Danny, asking um, how he's how he's doing and what he and what was he doing down there. Danny shares that TC came back and uh, got his parents, but he ran away. Uh, Breaker pulls out the key, checking to make sure he's not possessed by pouring the blood on top of him. He uh, he calls out to Bob about ammo, but they're running low. Roach calls out to uh, calls out that it is all hopeless. Breaker having a flashback to a war, shooting the eyes out of a demon. Um, he runs back to his comrade, yelling about them being ambushed. The shoulder, the soldier's wrist is sliced. He forces blood out of it, putting it inside the key. Breaker doesn't understand, wanting wanting it to wanting to get out of there. He hands him the key. It roars and glows red as as flashes of the crosses and the man dealing with the demons is passed on to him. He screams, and the palm of his hand forms the stars. The soldier whispering that he's the one. Roach snaps and snaps him out of it telling him that he's the one that uh, got them into this mess, wondering what he's going to do to get them out of it. He claims that he just... He claims that they just need to survive the night, Roach calling it bullshit, Irene agreeing, them falling, feeling entitled to know what's going on. I don't blame them. Right. But I want to finish this up before uh, we talk about these two scenes, because I feel like okay. these two scenes go hand in hand. Um, he, shaped, he shares that... Uh, he shares that he thought he, they would be safe, knowing that the demons need seven of them, but there's only five. But then TC came with Bob and the sheriff. Fucking genius. Claiming that everything needs to line up. Seven stars and people. Willie thinks uh, thinks he's bullshitting them, which is fucking odd because you literally saw demons, dude. Yeah. Like at this point, like, like you can't say like this is all bullshit at this point. Yeah, it's Come crazy. On. Breaker shouts that he's not making these rules. He's rolls up and he didn't ask for this. He pulls his glove off his hand, showing them the stars tattooed onto his hand. He begins to share the book of Genesis. 
quote, In the beginning, God created heaven and earth, and the, and the earth was formless. Void and darkness covered the face of the deep. But the darkness wasn't empty. It was full of creatures, full of demons. And they have seven keys formed into a circle to focus the power of the cosmos into their hands. Until God stepped forth and said, quote, Let there be light. End quote. And there was light, scattered, scattering the demons in the keys all across the universe. Fast forward two or three million millennia, the demons are back, are back, and they have six of the keys. And one day they find the seventh key on earth to save it. God filled it with blood of a carpenter. End quote. As Breaker continues, Danny gets up and leaves the, gr the group engrossed in their history lesson. He continues, quote, who was being crucified by the Romans and gave it to a thief named Syrac. End quote. Geraldine puts two and two together, asking if, the, if that's the blood of Jesus. He agrees that some of it, but it gets used. Syrac having to refill it, sharing that he died from a neck wound and most of the blood uh, um, in it belongs to a soldier named Dickerson. Shout out to the name of the director right here, by the way. Right, yeah. Dope Smart as fuck. Move. He gave it to Breaker back in, in France on August 23rd, 1917. So this is fantastic context here. That yeah. um, Serac lived for years. Like thousands of years. For real. Yeah, I love the lore. The lore is fucking great. I agree. And I, I find it fascinating that Serac was just like this major badass who lived for that long when <laughs> we get uh, Dickerson who fucking dies in this war like almost instantaneously when he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bob tries to figure out his age, but Willie asks what happens when he, when he runs out of blood. Breaker um, answering that they... They bring back the darkness, asking if they feel better that they know. They all sigh. Roach apologizing to him and calling him a hero, shaking his hand. Geraldine realizes that Danny is gone. They all go split split to search for him. Roach pickpocketing the key out of Breaker's um, Breaker's uh, coat, mentioning that he'll stay there. They are all checking different rooms, Geraldine looking underneath the bed. When she lifts back up, she tra transported into a different room with her face painted on the end of the hall. This looks great. It does. Like the great way that this too. is shot, exactly. Yeah. The way that this is edited, the it's way so the good. transition was just so smooth. So you know? clean. God damn it. This movie rules. The VO of TC asking for her not to scream. Jess listened to, um, to what he has to say. Uh, then she can scream. She looks back at the bed that is no longer there. TC commenting that she's young, having so much to live for, but she's stuck in that house in town, suggesting for her to travel. She spots a picture of her smiling and uh, smiling at the, at a camera in front of the Notre Dame. She suggests, um, that, uh, he can help her. And I love this scene mainly because like you can see the way the shadow of the demon hand moves across the picture. Yeah. That's, That's so, so cool. great. Cool she continues, facts. she continues walking around. TC is suggesting that it, uh, it is a different story if she, if she doesn't, if she doesn't help him. Many hands reach out through the, through her picture as he continues that Breaker isn't going, going to get her out of there, mocking that he can't even get himself out. She touches one of the hands. They all fall back. He continues that Breaker is dead meat and she, uh, will, she will end up, she will end up the same if he sticks with him. 
You know, every time I hear dead meat inside of a movie, I always think of our friends of the show, Dead Meat Podcast. Right. <laughs> Shout out to James and Chelsea, by the way, they just got married. I know. Congrats to them. Fantastic. I'm so bummed that I couldn't make it to the wedding, but that's okay. Um, but I'm so happy for both of them. Shout out oh, to I James love their and photos. Chelsea. Their, their photos own, have been great too. Their photos have been absolutely amazing. Gorgeous. They're fucking adorable. Everybody looked like they had a blast and it's so great. Um, so shout out to them. Very much shout out to them. Yeah. I, I absolutely love them. Um, so if you guys are listening to this, hi, we love you. <laughs> yes. Uh, and hey, we're, we're just a phone call away if y'all want to come on the show this year. Um, blood trails from her eyes on the picture. We should get James on the show. We had Chelsea. Yeah. We, we should really get, we should get them both. Like, I think we should both. get them both to like break down a movie with us one day. Hell yeah. You know what, everybody, if you're listening to this episode and you want to see James and Chelsea <laughs> in, in this, uh, on this show to break down a movie with us this year, uh, tell us in on Twitter. At nightlight underscore pod, let us know that you want this to happen and tag them, tag them, and let's make it happen. Uh, we're we're obviously friends with them, so we could just ask them. But we want you guys to definitely like if this is something you want, do it. Blood trails from their eyes uh, on the picture. She gasps as as she moves away. Fantastic effect, by the way. The sheep falls, revealing Breaker being eaten by the demons through his chest. TC cutting her and uh, for her a deal to let him let him in so he can let her out. He pops up behind her, commenting about it being horrible. She's startled, backing to a wall as he as he tells her that he um it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be unpleasant. He rather that it it, it wasn't. He claims to know that she isn't thinking. Ha- Excuse me. He claims to know what she is thinking, having issues uh, with turning into a demon, wondering her the wondering where the payoff is. He makes her a promise, hugging her from behind, telling her to give him what he wants, and nothing will happen to to her. Then asking if anyone else, if anyone has ever told her how pretty she is, she's silent, giving her an ultimatum to allow her to stay young and pretty forever. All she has to do is say yes. He kisses her hand, asking if if they have a deal. She spits in his face. He wipes it, um, having her float back toward him, commanding him that she will uh, give him what he wants, that being the way it is. The sooner she figures it out, the better. I love this, mainly because this shows you how naive TC is as well. Yeah. Because the collector gets spit in the face from her. He should have known that she would probably do it again. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the journaling comes out, out out of the room sort of uh mechanically. Breaker runs back into the room asking Roach if he's seen Danny. He hasn't. Then asks Geraldine, but she doesn't respond. They ask if they've seen Willie, but they haven't. Geraldine continues his mindless drone as Bob and Irene go and search for him. They head into the attic, Irene smelling alcohol, knowing Willie is inside. He spits out the alcohol, sharing that he found Danny, who was reading a Tales from the Crypt comic book. She demands him um, and Danny to go back downstairs and tell Breaker to get upstairs. They, uh, She has a seat exactly exhausted, demanding him to leave the bottle. He heads downstairs. She goes through some of the mail. Meanwhile, Roach um, hocks up a loogie, spitting on the two demons that are down below. They growl as they blow a gust of air at him, Breaker commenting that they hate that. 
Willie go and I love that again. We get context of it yet again. The spitting. Willie goes inside of a room, um, asking if Breaker is inside. He gives out a happy holy shit while uh, uh, or when he is treated by a group of topless women holding bottles of booze. <laughs> that would be his room for sure. That's so funny. Like and sequence. Yeah, seriously, the, the, it's so funny. They all greet him, the, the party girls bringing him deeper into the party as he exclaims, oh my goodness and oh my God. Danny noticing that he's just standing in the middle of the room, he asks if he's okay. But <laughs> Willie is, is having the time of his fucking life. The bartender tell, being TC telling him to, to drink a certain bottle of alcohol, commenting that nothing will get him messed up faster. The women all laughing as he offers the as he's offered the drink. Willie is not so sure at first, but throws the drink back, TC pouring him another, telling him to knock him uh, to knock himself telling him to knock himself out, the women all laughing and cheering him cheering him on as he drinks. Irene and Bob are looking at all of the envelopes in the attic, realizing that Wally actually was reading all of their mail this whole time. Bob opens up another box with a ton of guns and a letter to Cordelia inside. Irene snatches the letter, reading that Wally was planning on shooting up the post office for Cordelia. Bob notices that the guns don't have any bullets, but then finds a belt with grenades. Breaker and Geraldine go searching for Willie inside of another room. Danny hiding in a corner trying to warn them. Danny, uh, Demon Willie appears, grabbing Breaker and choking him. He pins him to the wall, Breaker choking for Gerald or choking for Geraldine's help. Geraldine flashes back that uh what TC showed her, knowing that she will give him what he wants. TC appears climbing up into the attic with uh Irene's arm on a platter. I love how fucking goofy he is. Yeah. It's amazing. That charm. But he's like an asshole charmer. Yeah. That's true. Like he has this um charm to him that it's just a douchebag. Yeah. Cockiness. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's just a fucking douchebag. Like this is the p- type of person that you would meet inside of like a frat house who's like kind of cool. And you're just like, like, I like you, but at the you same time, to I got to watch you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I got to watch you. And that's bro. what like Billy Zane brings to the table. He has that personality or that charisma or that acting skills to become yeah. this person. And Absolutely. it just works out really well. Yeah. Man, Billy Zane is just really good in this. Yeah, really he really good. is. I'm like really impressed. Really I feel like good. even like the performance alone from Billy Zane, I was like, damn, really? In the 30s percent? Come on. Come on. His performance was like, it was like, you could tell he took it serious. And yeah. you could tell he was having fun. You read my mind. It looks like the whole entire cast was having fun with this movie. Right. And that's good. Yeah, joking about her arm being uh, being market price and him being able to give it uh, give it back to her. She uh, lifts her nub. She lifts her nub. He wonders if that is a yes, but she tells him um, it is her giving him the finger instead. He comments that he will go get back to her and um, disappears. Meanwhile, Geraldine picks up a butterfly knife um, from the ground, crying for Willie to not uh, make her do do this to him. And I I like that her killing a demon for the first time is when it's officially passed on. Yeah. Cause other than that, like she, she couldn't do it to, she couldn't stab Willie. And if me, if it were me, a man, Willie would have been fucked up by now. Like (laughs) (laughs) Willie continues choking the shit out of him while breaker tries grabbing the key out of, out from his pocket. Um, I do like the fact that we see breaker 
get his ass beat a lot in this movie. Yeah. Like it, it definitely He's rises the stakes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, Roach has the key and starts cautiously descending down the stairs. He calls out to the demons and they start coming up the stairs, causing him to move back to the top from fear. TC comes up humming in a chipper tone, asking what he has there. Roach mentions that he's looking to cut a deal and he wants out and he wants out of there. TC willing, um, to talk willing to talk about it back with Geraldine shouting for Willie to put uh put him down with the knife held to the back of Willie's neck Willie snarls and laughs looking back at her with his normal face asking if he if she would hurt him she slowly drops the knife Willie uh hitting her across the room Breaker grabs a machete off the wall slicing Willie's head clean off his eyes shoot back open the severed body grabbing Breaker again beating his ass <laughs> Danny covers his head Breaker yelling to get the eyes, Danny grabs his head, jamming his eyes into deer antlers. <laughs> I love how clever the kills are in this too. Yeah. Because it's just deer antlers. I wouldn't have thought of that. No one Absolutely would. magnificent. This movie does. Roach is, uh, is still trying to cut a deal with TC, wanting some reassurance that he's not going to kill him. TC claims to give him his word, commenting that they're... Um, they were counting on him and the world needs more people like him. Roach thanks him. TC asking if he minds if he kills the others though. Roach doesn't care. TC comes, uh, comes closer to the top detailing that he has to take care um, of the blood first. He spits out a sponge from his mouth. Roach takes it and starts killing, uh, starts uh, destroying the seal. And I, I love this because it's a meat. It, it's not a meme, but it's a gift that it's used quite frequently. And I the love that it's just coming it's out from this. Mouth? Yeah, just the sponge, him spitting yeah. the sponge out. It's amazing. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> he, yeah. He wants TC to be sure uh, to kill Breaker, though, calling him a bossy asshole. TC agrees, opening the chest for him to place the key inside. He does. Thanking TC and, um, and is walking down the stairs. TC stops him, telling him to, uh, that he lied. The demons all run over and start shredding him apart. Breaker spotting the carnage from above. TC moves upstairs, humming and calling out for everyone to come out um, because it is time to play. Breaker shoots an arrow through, uh, through one of his eyes, causing him to fall off the banister and he grabs the chest. I love that. I love that breaker. Like just was just ready. Yeah. He was just prepared. Oh, fuck. Seriously. Like, goddamn. I mean, this dude's been having years of practice. Probably. That's true. Yeah. How long do you think they run for? Like, cause it, it seems like it comes to a certain time when they're just like, fuck it. I'm done running. Yeah, I mean, from what it seems like, damn, I don't even know. Um, but yeah, so long, years and years and years. I mean, it because it, it, it feels like I don't know because like I, I'm thinking back to the uh, to Dickerson, the soldier, right, right, because like with Dickerson, I, I like it's like a thousand years plus. Well, th- that's the thing because Dickerson w- was the soldier who got it from. The guy um, from those wounded or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Uh, I think the person wounded was Dickerson. I okay, think that I was you. Dickerson. Um, and I think they fought in World War One together. Um, the other guy. Uh, I'm blanking on his name, but I don't know. The thief. Um, Irene comments that the grenades over um over her shoulder. Um, the rest of the crew, or excuse me. 
Irene carefully puts the grenades over her shoulder. The rest of the crew run into the attic, Bob covering covering them as they go up to the attic. Breaker tries to assist, but Irene tells him to get up get up there before um uh, because it is her house and she makes the rules. Bob is out of ammo. He notices Irene as the demons approach them. She unlatches all the grenades, Bob holding onto her um, so she doesn't have to die alone. Blowing up the downstairs area. Damn. Yeah, that's a hard one. I was like, well, okay. Why don't you just seal off the little like ceiling <laughs> thing and everyone's okay? I don't know. Why did Bob have know. to say too? It's like, okay, you're sacrificing yourself. Thank you. He climbs right. back up there. You're right. <laughs> like, it's yeah. a sweet moment. It's a really sweet moment. I'm happy it played out that way. But I'm just like, oh, these are some weird character decisions going on right now. But I'm all for yeah. it. Self sacrifice. She's an angel. Shout out to you, Irene. R.I.P. <laughs> Rip. Danny is looking at the comic book, the eyes coming to life on the zombie inside the strips. Breaker is looking at the blood in the vial, noticing that there's only enough left for one entrance. Geraldine asking if, if that's all there is, instructing him to uh, put it put it on the window. He pours it on her. The blood begins to glow. She doesn't understand why he did that, taking a drip of the blood and placing it on the sill. Um, he he tells her to take the key because she is the chosen one. That being the reason why he's there to give her the key. Cleo hisses. Danny grabbing Breaker's arm, asking if he uh, can have it instead. The comic's mimicking the scene that's happening right in front of us. Danny grabbing and ripping to his chest as he throws him into the wall. Geraldine yelling for Danny to stop and let him go. Do you think Danny got possessed by the comic book? Like when the eyes oh. looked at him, or do you think he was always possessed? Um, that's a good call. That's a hard call. I'm not too sure. I think maybe the comic book was his like vision to see what was actually going on. Like everyone had like different instances to kind of like persuade him to become a demon. The comic book could have been left there by the guy to like right. sway him to become a demon. Maybe. Maybe. Interesting. Or don't trust kids. Maybe he was a demon the whole time. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Why the little mind shafts being all weird and creepy? It's interesting how the blood works because I guess it only works on the chosen one to where it burns the rest, I guess. Right. But she's not like fully chosen yet. She needs to hold the key first. Right. In order for her to be chosen and get her stars, I guess. Danny's mouth opens wide, plunging his tongue inside the open wound. Oh this was so fucking gnarly. This was all visceral. Yeah, this some crazy oh stuff going on. God, like I said, that this movie's so a ride. Because I was like, damn, what? You are going places. Absolutely. She tries grabbing the key. He throws her across the room. As he moves toward the key, she jumps on a beam, kicking the shit out of Danny through the seal of the window. He explodes as he crashes on into the ground. She goes to check on Breaker, a huge hole in his chest. She apologizes. He knows that she is now ready, asking for the key. She uh, she hands him the key. He spills the he spills his blood into the vial. Geraldine arguing that she's not the right person for this. He asks if TC tried to seduce her. She admits that being the reason why he, uh, she is the right kind of person. He shake uh, he shakily asks for her hand. She doesn't want to, but he insists since TC is still down there. She allows it. The key burning into her hand flashes of Sarak and Breaker's uh, history. 
um, fly into her head. She checks her palm, the stars now appearing. Breaker Sharon that they, uh, that when they align, she will know what to do. Uh, he, but he can't tell her how long it could, it, it being a couple of lifetimes and, and on that day, she will fight. And when the night is over, she'll do what he just did. His dying breath, telling her to watch her back. She shakes him as, as she sobs, closing her eyes. The seals behind the doors, um, the seals beyond the doors being begin to grow and flash. The green glow on the attic door, TC floats inside the attic, looking over Breaker and sitting next to uh, his corpse. He opens his eyes, telling Geraldine that he was right. Him being dead, but her still being there. He reasons with her that she he's not going to hurt her unless she makes him. She tells him to stay where he is. He suggests he suggests her to pour out the blood to save her her years of running. She comments on the shadows, drenched in blood. He assumes she's she is hurt and in pain. She grabs his hand, burning him. She assures him uh, that uh, she assures him that it isn't her blood. He he dives out uh, he dives out of the attic. This was genius. This was so cool. Yeah, great moment. Like her, her just character. completely drenched in blood. Like that was so perfect. Yeah. But what TC does next is kind of better. Yeah. Geraldine cautiously follows TC, looking for him around the corners in different rooms. She uh, she goes inside the the bathroom, noticing the sheriff's body in the bathtub. TC grabs her with the shower curtain, throwing her in the tub and turning on the water to clean the blood off of her. She screams as he breaks her wrist when she pulls out. When she pulls out the key, she, she stabs him in the eye and drinks the rest of the blood inside the, inside the key. He laughs, taking on, taking off his shades, telling her that, uh, that the eyeball shit only works on lower level demons. He, uh, picks, he picks her up inside the curtain, dragging her down the stairs as he keeps running his mouth about getting his promotion in hell. He rolls her into, the, he rolls her out of the curtain, taking the key from her and picking up Picking her up back up, forgiving her. The scene switches to them dancing in the spotlight. He spins her around, telling her that she would be the first, the first demonite that they bring to the other side. He catches her continuing his dance and mockery of being an easy person to live with. He notices that she isn't, she isn't saying anything, wondering if she's thinking about something to say. He throws her on the ground, yelling as, as, Yelling as he has, uh, as he asks, what is, what is there to think about? Shouting that she's, uh, starting to piss him off, yellowish lightning igniting and wiping out from his crotch. What the fuck? That was so odd. That's so crazy. It was so odd. Much calmer, he apologizes for getting angry, wanting to tell her something that he's never told anyone else before. He tries to say that he loves her, but he, it only comes out but he can't quite say the love part. And he's like, I love you. <laughs> he snaps his, he, uh, wonder, uh, excuse me, wondering if she can find, find it in her heart to possibly love him too. He snaps his finger. She floats to him and he pulls out a knife wanting to take her heart out. Um, if, 
if he can't have her soul. She spits the blood she spits the blood in his face that she sipped earlier, causing his skin to rip and pressurize smoke sh- um, shoot out from his face after it rips open. He catches on fire, turning into his true demonic, demonic self and exploding. Geraldine protected by what was passed down. Next morning, she gathers more blood from Breaker's open chest, heading out to catch a bus, making sure to seal the entrance of the bus before they take off. Looking at the stars on the palm of her hand as they continue going, the bus stops. The bus stops. A man with a briefcase waiting, commenting that he'll wait for the next one. The driver shrugs and they keep going. The man glaring at Geraldine as it drives off. Uh, he follows the bus, whistling the tales from the crypt theme song fade to a hand busting out from the ground grabbing a flower and inching back down the ground the crypt keeper handing a woman the flower he shares with us that Geraldine lived happily ever after he even received a ghost card from her traveling the world and having a good time he put uh, but he has to go for his big screamer i love it He's like my big screamer. <laughs> Got to the crib keeper getting uh, getting out of the limo, greeting all of the fans and press. I want to th- I like to think that um uh radio silence called the scream premiere, the scrim the screamer. Excuse me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I I I like to think that's what they call it, but I don't know. Shout out to Radio Silence, friends of the show. Um uh, cut to him getting out of the limo, uh, greeting all of the fans and press, leading himself up to a guillotine. They chop off his head after one last witty joke, leaving us with the iconic maniacal laugh. Then, credits. Man, this movie fucking rocks. rocks. Yeah, it is so, so good. good. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. This movie is amazing. I do have to catch myself on the error I did. I totally had like a Mandela effect. So. Uh, he is not in the mummy. That is Arnold Vosolo. Voslo? Voslo. Arnold Voslo played the mummy guy. Oh. That really messed up with my head a lot. And I just saw like there's a bunch of like stuff where everyone kind of thinks he's from the mummy. He's not. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it messed with my head so much. I was like, okay, I'm not the only one, at least. So yeah, I no, apologize. I legit thought he was also from the mummy as well. I mean, yeah. he looked just like him. Oh, they look exactly like. I guess there's also something I just Googled right now that James Corden lost like a huge bet because he like dead ass was like, Billy Zane's in the mummy. And no, he's not. That's amazing. Other than that, this movie fucking rules. This movie is great. Um, I loved that this was my first time watching. I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad. Yeah, that was fun. I'm really fucking glad. Great. But anyway, I got some movie facts for us here. Movie facts. <gasps> Purposely released on Friday, January 13th, because Tales from the Crypt movies were originally to be tied with traditional horror weekends, such as Friday the 13th or Halloween. Love it. This was Billy Zane's personal favorite film slash performance of his own. That, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. The studio originally wanted uh, Cameron Diaz for the role of Geraldine, but director Ernest Dickerson convinced the producers to cast Jada Pinkett Smith instead. That's Good choice. Birds, uh, birds had nested in the rafters of, of, of the set, which caused audio problems. So before each take, the crew would shoot off a blank gunshot to startle the quiet, uh, startle and quiet the animals. That's oh. so funny. That's sad. It's horrible, but Poor animals. at the same time, well, I mean, it was a blank gunshot, but <laughs> yeah, but it kind of like scared them. 
to death. I don't know. Maybe. They probably did. Demonite was a script that had been circulating in Hollywood for a number of years, although it wasn't adapted from EC Comics and lacked the standard morality play. The producers decided it had a, uh, had the right mixture of horror and humor to be produced as a Tales from the, from the Crypt spinoff movie. And rightfully so, because goddamn, what a fucking movie, man. Holy shit. Uh, the Green Slime was taken from glow sticks, which the effects crew I disassembled. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Did you? No, I could have guessed. I was like, yeah, that looks very familiar. Yeah, it, it definitely it looks awesome. And that probably explains why it looks so great. Yeah. At the end of the closing credits, the Crypt Creeper announces the forthcoming feature, Dead Easy, which was intended to be the second film from the Tales from the Crypt uh, theatrical trilogy. Dead Easy, a.k.a. Fat Tuesday, was a zombie story set in New Orleans, but it was eventually abandoned, and the third mm. film, Body Count, was uh, also went unproduced. Ultimately, a Tales from the Crypt trilogy in com- was completed, with Demonite being followed by Bordello of Blood and Ritual. Bordello of Blood came out in 1996, and Ritual came out in 2002. Interesting. Let's do one more. Uh, let's do. Let's do this one. In theory, either Bob or Irene could also have been the chosen one um, uh, had they survived. Told you. <laughs> Irene <laughs> was shown to turn down the collector's offer, sure. and presumably Bob was also given the choice, and the fact that he was not possessed would indicate he also turned it down as well. Wow. That's awesome. That's, That's fucking cool. amazing. God damn, dude. What a flick. What a flick. What a flick, dude. This this was so much fun. But let us know over on Twitter or inside of our Discord. But on our Twitter, you can let us know over at nightlight underscore pod. That's night with a K. We definitely want to keep the conversation going on this one because, wow. Fuck. It is absolutely amazing, but definitely make sure to join our Discord. We we definitely we have a fun Discord server that is available for everyone, um, and it is also going to be in the show notes. So please, please, please feel free to join it. It is growing tremendously. There's about fifty oh, yeah. people in there right now, and it's a it. lot of fun, great stuff that we chat about. A lot of fun movies. We got gaming channels and all this whole other great shit too. So by yeah. all means, please come and join us. And I have heard a lot of a fun shit that the Ghoulish Knights gets into. And I've heard that Demon Knight is a ghoulish knight, so. You are right. the ghoulish knights. You are right. You are right. But the next and very last film that we are going to be covering for Back to Black Month is Ganja and Hess. I am so very excited for both yourself, Freddie, and David to watch this movie. Yep. Never heard of it. Not going to ruin anything. I'm just going to jump right in. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Oh my God. You're, you're in for a treat, my friend. But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we have Freddie. Always keeping us poopy. Always and forever. Our efforts to get the shot is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's site with the what? By pledging on Patreon, you access this show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.